Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. Welcome back to ReChurch. This is Marshall Fant. This is part two of a podcast. Corey Foffey is with me. Corey is a CPA and has been serving churches, served at Maranatha Baptist University as the business chairman there for 30 years. What a testimony that is. And also continued his CPA ministry. And Corey, give again your uh, ministry website. We are at ministrycpa, one word, ministrycpa.org. And I should have said, welcome back. Okay, I didn't even do that. Yes, so welcome thanks. back because we're continuing on and we got in the middle of hitting the reset button. We just talked about that our last conversation was how much savings a church should have to go through any kind of flux, okay, uh, including COVID. But what I want to jump into, Corey, because we have talked through this, lessons learned through COVID. Again, you minister to many churches and ministries and you had told me of several things post-COVID that we would need to think through a little bit differently. So as we hit the reset button ministry-wise, what I want to do is just kind of cut loose and, and we'll ping-pong it back and forth of lessons that you have learned. As I said in the first podcast, we don't consider ourselves experts. We're co-laborers with churches. So as you minister these churches, Corey, what are some of these um things post-COVID we're coming out with, with a different set of eyes, if I can put it that way. Sure. So one thing that I hope is happening and I want to believe is happening is right now more churches than not, their giving is holding. Mm-hmm. That's a blessing. It's a huge blessing. I'm hoping and believing that the investment that pastors and teachers have been making in training God's people in biblical stewardship I'm believing that that's paying off. Mm-hmm. I'd want to encourage just continue to do that. People who are generous in their hearts, they don't mind being asked to give. They get it. That investment's paying off. And so I, I think that's one of the lessons that we hopefully are learning and that we should just say, well, we're going to continue to do that. So that's in that area of. Yeah, and also, I think, let me just make this comment. During this COVID crisis, if I can use that word, or COVID opportunity, I just want to say to our pastors that are listening, I want to thank you for your extra work. Because, I mean, I have prayed with yes. you. I've talked with you. The pastors I know are working so much harder because nothing is normal. They're preparing sermons and preaching online, and they're working to make sure that people are taken care of. So for the sake of our, our pastors and, and church staff that are listening, thank you so much for your extra work during this season. And that's one thing I think that, you know, I've observed, Corey, coming out of COVID is how dedicated so many of our pastors are to the Lord's work. And I just want to thank them for that. Right, uh, right. The amount of time that some of them, I know my pastor, is spending on the phone. Yeah, and just the shepherding work. Right. Uh, those that are isolated, those that are alone. Okay, so coming out of COVID, I want you to comment on something you told me. Let's talk about church plants, a new church. Would you please tell our audience some observations you've made about the types of buildings and possibly some things you've learned through COVID with this? Right. You know, so it's a blessing 
when in your, you're starting a church plan in a community and here you have a uh, high school auditorium or a middle school cafeteria that's available and you know they're not using it on the weekend and you go through some setup and such or this local senior center mm -hmm. yeah. where that's available well we've had clients in both those situations where while other ministry clients of ours are back into their facilities those are not you know that's one of the first places we look at are things like schools and sure. maybe, maybe a senior center, I don't yeah. know. But that has been a big challenge for a few ministries is where they're renting. And so will that rented facility, once your state opens up or your local health officials say it's okay to congregate again, is that facility still going to fit your ministry? Yeah, and then when we reopen, does that mean now, especially with schools, they're going to need all weekend to clean and prepare, or they won't have time to clean after you're there on Sunday. So again, I mean, I was a church replanter in schools and, you know, nurseries, these kind of things. Preschools were the premier places to go. But I think I, I never thought about what you said. I think that's crucial as we look to the future about that type of building. What, what else in this area, Corey? Sure. So there have been opportunities and there have been challenges. Some of the ministries have said, wait, we've got this maintenance project inside of our facility mm. that in our you know, city or our state, those type of workers, you know, contractors are still able to do their jobs. Well, some of those projects got tackled during these two months or so. That was a good yeah. you know, foresight and opportunity. They were all prepared to do it. There's been a quite a variety in what local officials have done with regard to loosening up I have not heard a single pastor say, we don't want to cooperate with our local officials. And that's our testimony and such. But yet sometimes it's a difficult thing. The local official is very concerned or worried and maybe being more restrictive than what the state level would do. That has been a challenge. And so having good relationships in the community has got to help. So I'd say make sure you have a good relationship with your your mayor or, or alder persons. Yeah, and take the opportunity to go by and meet them, right? I mean, this is yes, a great opportunity exactly. to get involved in the community because the community is looking for a lot of faith-based help, especially with all the unrest in our country as well. So I appreciate you saying that. So just go by and meet your political officials and make sure they know who you are and you know who they are. Anything else like that coming out? What would you recommend to, let's just take camps, because I just follow them online. Right. And what would you recommend to a camp that had to close for the summer? And let's just say they're facing, I don't know, two, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars shortfall. Where do you start with this? <laughs> I mean, we know we pray. Okay, Ooh. that's a given. But yes. you're, you're looking at, as an outside guy coming in, your qualifications, God gifted you in the area of finances, planning, right. organization, so how does a ministry really say, okay, is our, is our ministry over? How do you have that conversation, Corey? Well, they're all trying to do at least two things. They're trying to be as frugal as they can possibly be, keeping as best they possibly can their permanent staff. And if they have some resources to help them through the, the challenge, they are trying to tackle some of those projects that are hard to tackle. Several of them, and we have several 
Christian camps that are our clients have pursued the PPP loan program through the CARES Act. All right, PPP the, for those lay people. Payroll Protection Program. Got it, okay. It is a loan equal to two and a half months worth of 2019's payroll. Okay. And it keeps getting changed. Right now <laughs> we're actually in a time of waiting to get some final clarification on this. Yeah. But basically, after they've changed the rules several times, it would be incredibly rare that that entire loan amount would not be forgiven. Now, there's cautions that every ministry should take whenever they talk about debt, even debt that they understand will be forgiven. Right. Uh, and ministries have been tackling that issue. The Small Business Administration has given clarification about protections for churches and religious liberty that, just give my personal opinion, I, I believe it has answered for most ministries, their concern. Okay. None of us can see the future perfectly. We see judges and courts uh, seeming to take decisions that would reverse things. So we all could be nervous about that. But that has helped a number of Christian ministries that have decided to participate okay. to bridge some of this gap. I would recommend contacting Corey, or you can contact me as well, just to understand that ministries do have a life cycle. And like I was reading, you know, one major organization put all of their camps up for sale because they determined they just cannot continue to support every single campsite they had, which I think was eight, they put up for sale. Wow. And, and that's hard. And that's affecting yes. lives and ministries and future ministries. But I think there is that sobering time that there is a way to evaluate a ministry. And really, I think, again, post-COVID, one thing to do is, okay, are we really seeking God's face each year? Not just financially, but Lord, what about our ministry? What changes do we need to make? All right, so anything else coming out of COVID, other lessons? Uh, you mentioned online giving in our first podcast. I mean, I know there are some pastors that are opposed to it, but from my side of things, you still choose to do it. It's a still an act of worship, and online giving needs to be a part of your ministry, in my opinion. Am I too dogmatic on that, Corey? Well, if you've got a very deep well and deep pockets in your church that can respond very effectively at that at these times of crisis, I suppose you could stay away from it. But a lot of folks, you know, this is a digital age, and they pay every single bill. There have been people that I've talked to probably before my church, we started online giving half a dozen years ago. The only check they wrote every month was their tithe check. Yeah. <laughs> And um, I had to ask anyone under about 35, how many of them have a checkbook, right? Right, right. Or, or balance it. <laughs> or balance it. No. Oh, that's not even a question anymore. That's a CPA thing to yeah, say. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay, online giving. Um, remote access. Remote access okay. is another area where. Define remote access. Uh, the ability for your staff to continue to do their work from their home, even though their computer so they got a desktop product software on their computer in the office. How can they keep working? Right. Well, remote access allows them in a secured format to continue to do their work. And so that's key. And sometimes it's a matter of you know, anticipating the, I'm sorry to say this, that what's the next thing that's going to cause this to happen? So remote access lined up. And just a side comment, yeah. so it's more or less making sure your church software can be in the cloud 
So if you and I on the same church staff, I could work from one location, you could work for another, right? Is that basically? Well, that that's part of it. Okay, but sometimes you'll have PC based okay. um, softwares and, you know, some ministries, you know, have extensive PC based software for their database, their, I'm mm. sorry, their, um, their donor management right. system might not be in the cloud. Their scumming software might not be in the cloud. And these are still ways to use the cloud to access those those resources remotely. All right, can I put another plug in for that, for churches that have not done that? So let's say a church needs to engage someone like you to help them with their accounting. In the cloud, you can do that from Wisconsin, and I'm in South Carolina, right? So it enables the resources to help you in ministry, just multiplies them when you go to a cloud-based system. Is that fair to say, Corey? Right, okay. right. So we probably have 50 ministry clients that we are their accountant in QuickBooks Online, Okay. for example. All right. Um, what else is coming out of COVID? What else? Remote access, online giving, understanding future public building use, and your list of things here. What, what else are you seeing here to help people? Yeah, so some of it is kind of, and this will be unfolding in the weeks and months ahead, but what sort of mentality is coming out of COVID and changes in thinking by your people? So take staff, for example, who maybe have been doing significant teleworking. Maybe you as the leader feel like, I really like my people here in the office interacting with one another. Someone comes by the building, they meet people, but your, your staff member is saying, I'm either concerned for my health or I really like teleworking. I don't have total, I don't have answers for that question, but it's one I think to be alerted to that some folks are going to decide they like to teleworking and maybe in leadership, they're not as confident that's the way to go. Mm, right. Good point. So that's kind of a, a mindset issue. What do you see about worshiping? Most churches are just reopening. We're not prophets and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but you know, again, when we think about facilities, which is a major part of any ministry, do you see any facility changes coming? Have you noticed anything like that? Or we mentioned capacity in the first part of our podcast. Do you see anything happening with buildings post-COVID? Not a lot, other than some of the probably obvious about having sanitizer yeah, stations yeah. and doors that you don't have to grab the handle sure. to yep. exit. Mm-hmm. Those kind of issues. You know, it basic, may be too early to really see how it's going to affect with the crowds and the, you know, just the capacity and are we going to have to do more services to serve the same number of people? You know, what, what are we really going to try to do there? So I didn't know. Right. Even, even Lord's table, uh, handling yeah. it differently. Um, you know, we were able to have Lord's table at our church for the first time in several months and our deacons who prepared things, uh, had masks and gloves on when they prepared them. We set tables out with, two plastic cups, one with the juice and one with the bread, not passing offering plates, instead having boxes, secure boxes in the back of the auditorium, Mm -hmm. some of those kind of things. And, you know, we served uh, the Lord's table, and someone found prepackaged wafer and juice Mm -hmm. in its individual wrapped package. You know, so all this is, is especially... If your congregation has older people, because they're very right. sensitive, right? So anything else you want to add well, to this? Uh, what do yeah, you see or what do you see coming or how can you encourage churches during this time, Corey? Yeah, you know, I would encourage 
again, I'm a layperson. I love serving at my church. So in our congregational meetings, we are now having all the families together. Mm. And yes, there might be a baby fussing a little bit, a few pews away from us. But it's like, well, we just got to see that this is better than not meeting. Amen. And uh, nurseries are trying to open back up. I would challenge maybe empty nesters Hmm. to think about something. Okay, what's that? So you received $1,200. You and your spouse received $1,200. Each. Each, yes. (laughs) That you weren't planning on. And maybe you honestly would look at your finances and see, I don't really need that money. I'll put it in my savings account or I'll buy something for myself. I just would challenge, let's not think that way. Mm. Let's say, what ministry has God, would God lay on your heart? And maybe husband, you do one, wife, you do one. You each just before the Lord, sensitivity, how could this $1,200 given to me that I didn't really need, that we're all going to have to pay back (laughs) in some way or another in the future, how can I bless Maybe it's a family in my church, or maybe it's my neighbor who's not, they're not believers, but it's a, a single parent, and you look over there at the car, and the tires are going bare, and okay, I'm, I'm going to take that $1,200 or whatever needed out of there, and I'm going to go put tires on, on her car. Yeah, great idea. Um, or, or maybe it's a camp ministry. Yeah. Or, yeah. or maybe it's your church, or you know, maybe it's some benevolent fund in your church. I just challenged that. There maybe, are unlimited you know, opportunities. If we just yes. open our spiritual eyes, okay, Lord, what would you have me to do with these funds? And I appreciate that. Corey, been great talking to you. We have just been, I think, just kind of rambling as friends about the state of the church, if I put it yes. that way. Pre-COVID, <laughs> yes, post-COVID, just uh, mentioning things. And again, Corey is with ministrycpa.org. And as a CPA, he was... Um, also taught at Maranatha, chairman of the business department for 30 years. So he's been in ministry many years, son of a pastor, his wife's the daughter of a pastor. So I appreciate your commitment and your co-laboring with so many churches, Corey. Thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. Truly our privilege. Thank you, Marsh. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.